Hello everybody and welcome to the United Bias. I am Slide Nikuran. Today I'm joined by Ruben. Unfortunately, Kiran couldn't join us today because he's a bit ill. I think he's been shouting at his screen um, for the last two games my United has played. But uh, yeah, Ruben, how's it going, man? How's it going, Slide? Um, yeah, you certainly can't blame for Kiran for wanting to sit this one out. Uh, <laughs> if I would too, but then it would have meant it's just you uh, doing some solo speeches and that didn't seem fair. So. <laughs> Uh, it would have been like a 10, 15 minute rant and, and that would have been the episode. Yeah, rant of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. So let's dive straight into it. I think um, it's been it's been a very, very busy week. For... Yeah, a packed, uh, packed fixture list in the, in the Barclays, eh? Yep, yep, yep. I think uh, if we just start off with uh, the midweek games, I think just a few just stand out there. Um, obviously, Spurs, you know, getting taken out by... Uh, Moyes ball, uh, David Moyes there, winning 2-1. <laughs> um, yeah, at, at home too. Yeah, yeah, at, at, at the Tottenham Stadium. Okay? Um, and um, I think the other sort of result that sticks out is Villa taking it to City. But then Villa is in some serious form because they then went on over the weekend and uh, took out the elephant that had been sitting at the top of the table, which is Arsenal. Um, I don't know if you actually managed to to to, to watch that game and uh, yeah get 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 a few a peek. Yeah, at I, how I did. Down. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll definitely get. Uh, I, I think get into Villa. I think it's sort of worth you know uh, starting to take them seriously uh, for even possibly a title challenge. So yeah, I think uh, we'll definitely hmm. get stuck into their results uh, from a very positive week for them. Yeah, so I think let's let's start let's start off with what's been happening at Craven Cottage the last two games. They've obviously gone on a goal-scoring fiasco and and literally scored ten goals in the last two games, both at Craven Cottage, both games winning five nil. So they've got a goal difference, which Man United has not seen this entire season uh, <laughs> of ten in the last yeah. two games. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, uh, that's pretty incredible for for, for Fulham, eh? Yeah, and and you know what? Uh, impressively, also, I mean, firing them in kind of from across the. Um, you, you know, look at the goal scorers. Uh, it's it's not just you know usual suspects. I think Williams been their top scorer this season. Uh, you know, he scored once, but you know Harry Wilson's chipped in, but really from from all over the pitch. And and it was something similar. I mean, I the last game I actually caught of theirs. Unfortunately, I didn't catch either of these five 0 wins. Was what was it was that four three game against uh, Liverpool? And I still, if you remember, about a week or so ago, said they would have been full value for a result there if they'd got they'd got it. So. I don't think this comes out of nowhere, but yet again, uh, ten goals in a week is man, that's that's some power performance there. That's phenomenal, dude. I think, and I mean the the, the Wednesday game they they beat Forest five nil, and then at the weekend they go and uh, demolish uh, David Moyes and his and his hammers. Yeah, and I mean, as you say, ironically, Moyes just having done one over uh, Spurs, so it's not exactly like they they were you know bottom table huggers that. Fulham were scoring against. 100%. And I mean, it, it just goes to show the level of competition that's in the Premier League this season, eh? Because no, no one is, is is a walkover, I mean, bar, bar the bottom three. But even even those three, you see what Luton did to uh, to Arsenal in the midweek where Arsenal had to fight back and they ended up just winning 3-4. But um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you and, would and actually, funny enough with Luton, say, I, I mean, it's bizarre to say that Luton were unlucky to only walk away with one point from 
Liverpool, Man City, and uh, and and Arsenal, you know, in, mm. in quick mm. succession. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's a shame that they didn't actually pull off a couple more upsets there, but they they certainly haven't looked out of place. And it's given that you know I started the season predicting them uh, to have a record low points haul, they're certainly a lot better uh, than everyone was expecting. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think um, another good score there was Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth took their form. Um, from the midweek and into the weekend, but we'll get into touch into that a bit later. <laughs> Gee, who did they uh, pull that form through onto? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we'll find out soon enough, I guess. Um, but yeah, so they beat they beat uh, they beat uh, Crystal Palace by two goals in, in the midweek on, on Wednesday, and then our favourite uh, Ginger Mourinho um, goes in and smashes Newcastle three 0 on on Thursday night, and and then on the weekend as well goes and does. Something to to Pochettino, which is, I don't think anyone saw that one coming. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, look, I mean, obviously Chelsea, we know their their form is a little all over the show, but but Everton have also been very inconsistent, you know. So I think to have two really solid results in a row, um, you know, flipping it around and then looking at Newcastle, that's uh, two quite disappointing results in a row. Um, you know, so uh, again, goes to show you, it's it's very hard to sustain a run of form. The season, I, I think every team that you look at and go, you know, is it Spurs? Oh, great run! Suddenly a terrible run. Suddenly, as we'll get into, look great against Newcastle. Newcastle looked like they were scoring for fun in the earlier part of the season, and suddenly mm-hmm. ran into a couple of brick walls. You know, and and every time you, you get excited, I mean, it's a pity Kiran's not here to sing uh, Sean Dyche's praises, and and he tells tells me, I mean, he assures me that it's not. Uh, hit and hope long ball or, or haram ball, but but he's actually uh, got, got a bit more positivity to him uh, in in his style with Everton this season. Uh, you know, it's just yeah, it's it's everybody yet nobody is is doing really well this season. Yeah, I think it's 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 all the it's all the ones that you you, you would have sort of written off when you're doing your sort of prediction of the top twenty um, of, the, of the table and how to sort of pan out in the season are pretty much the guys that are. Showing up, um, you know, so Luton taking it to City again over the weekend. Um, mm. You know, City obviously then coming out with, uh, with with the win. Two came out with two two win with Jack Grealish scoring the winner again. Um, I think he's he's pretty much coming into that. Okay, let me do it again um, type scenario because the previous weekend he did the same thing. So I think his, his celebration this time around wasn't as sort of emotional as as the previous one, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I think yeah. it would be a bit. Uh, how can I say? I mean, it, it would be feel a bit embarrassing if you're celebrating like you've just won the treble, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, when, which, when the, which of course the, he did, but <laughs> uh, I mean the treble is in doubt at the moment. But uh, you know, yeah. no, for sure. Uh, and you know, I mean, obviously, uh, City. I, not that I bother to sit down and watch them play Luton, but City without uh, Haaland, um, you do kind of wonder. How he might have filled his boots uh, against Luton, uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Hey, um, he, he's he's been going through a, a bit of a dry patch. Um, mm. But then again, this is Haaland. He will go on a bit of a dry patch and then come and score five goals in one game, and he's back. You know, so, exactly. So, no, I've I've no doubt he's still uh, odds on for Golden Boot this season. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. It will work out to that. Um, okay, so let's let's jump let's jump to the weekend. Um, I think. Yeah. A few notable results from from the from this past weekend. Um, obviously, Aston Villa um, taking out uh, Arsenal. 
on Saturday. Um, I think the, the the game at lunchtime, which was Crystal Palace and and, and Liverpool, where Liverpool eventually won the game, uh, one goal to two. And um, I must say, it was your typical Jurgen Klopp performance. Proper in-game management in terms of you know reacting when certain things aren't going your way, and Mo Salah stepping up when he needed to step up, you know, with with the assist and then and then the goal, which by the way became his two hundredth goal for Liverpool. Um, so quite a milestone for him to have achieved with 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 the club, and to top it off, no pun intended, puts them at the top of the table. So Liverpool currently sitting at number one. Um, one point ahead of Arsenal. I honestly think this is going to be one of the most interesting title contention sort of run-ins that we've seen in, in, in quite a while, just based on you know the sort of top four that are currently there and the sort of points gap that's there. So it's literally still up for grabs. It's not certain that Liverpool's going to run away with yeah. it or Arsenal's going to run away with it. Mm. Um, so you could sort of go in a madness and, and still get it, but I guess all the scousers can literally sort of bask in in, in the glory for a week, uh, <laughs> and 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 then and then see you know what happens over this this coming weekend when, when the next sort of games come in. Yeah, it's it's been a bit of a, a merry-go-round really at the at the top of the table, but I mean I guess it's still worth sort of you know saying well you know fairly well done to Liverpool uh, you know from where if you took it back exactly a year they were you know looking in in pretty poor form. Everybody was saying that their midfield is is jaded. It's it's flat. They just haven't reinforced in a long time. The squad is stagnating. You know, it has you know, people were starting to question Klopp, um, and and really in, in a year they've they've revitalized themselves. Uh, you know, in 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 fantastic way. They, they've made some smart signings, and and here we see them at the top of the table. Um, I, yeah. I mean, just turning to that game, you know, if you have to. I mean, it looks to me, if you know someone who didn't watch the game, but looking at the stats, like an absolute battering. Um, you, you know, I mean, maybe not just on shots, but I mean, certainly dominating possession. Um, mm. You know, seem to have you know by by far the most of the, of the ball uh, and uh, and territory. You know, I mean, d- does that capture the game, or or were maybe Fulham unlucky with the red coming through and and derailing what would have been actually a solid uh, a solid sort of sucker punch win? Yeah, so yeah, I think the, the red card did obviously change the game. You always get 110% from from Jordan Ayew. So and yeah. and he's always good with that sort of press up front, up top. So they obviously lost that and we all know Liverpool is is not the best defensively at the moment. So yeah. Van Dijk being on the ball, Gomez being on the ball didn't really help. And by the way, Trent actually just started in the middle of, the, of in that game by the way. So he had, oh, okay. he had as very, in he, not not as in he drifted into the middle, but like literally yeah, he was he literally started in the middle. So so it was it was um it was one of those where Jordan yes he it was it was it, it was a soft second yellow, but you know what it, it was a yellow in, the, in at, at the end of it, which then gave him a second yellow. But um yeah, I think definitely losing that eleventh man literally changed the game. This game could have easily ended as a draw. Considering that the goal that did come from from Harvey Elliott, I think it was, um, mm. was was not an easy goal. It was it was another cracker from outside the box, and Liverpool seemed to be scoring a lot of those. And I think it's 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 testament to keeping the pressure and wanting it, you know. So, i.e., the result. So, 
Javier came in with a, with a screamer of, of, of a goal at the later stages of the game. But again, they were now playing against 10 men, um, mm. which is obviously something that would potentially be averted if, if all 11 men were still on the pitch. So yeah, game-changing moment. And look, I guess it's, it's, this is what it is about football. You know, you've got to take your chances. Um, yeah. and, and, and that's essentially what, what Liverpool did. But again, it is a game that they did dominate. You, I can almost guarantee you that with a different attacking team, Liverpool would have been found wanting. Um, it's just that, yeah, they were fortunate to have been playing Crystal Palace in this particular instance. So, yeah, I think that 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 covers it for, for the table-topping team. We can swiftly move along to what I'd like to call the upset of the weekend. But again, it's also a continued sort of dominance in form by Aston Villa. Um, yeah. Who then um, beat Arsenal 1-0. Um, and I think, you know, we, we, we've got to say good evening and, uh, <laughs> good, and good evening to you slide. <laughs> yeah. We, we've got to say good evening and, 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 and sort of, you know, put, take, take our hats off to, to the gent for that performance, because I think Aston Villa came out full of intent and to point out they had recently sort of update, um, I uh, done um, Man City in the week as well. So yeah, it's, it's, they're on a, they're on a good good run of games, and that win against Arsenal plants them third on the on the table. Which nobody nobody I can tell you now for free, no pundit, no podcast would have ever said Villa would be third at any point in time during the Premier League. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think everybody probably assumed they'd get back into the European spots again, you know, carrying on the good form from mm-hmm. last season. But 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 this is something else. Like this is, uh, you know, as I kind of alluded to earlier, it's title contention form, you know, and, and it feels, you know, I mean, absolutely on, on merit this season. You know, they, they've put in a number of phenomenal results. They've been able to turn it on uh, and put in good attacking performances, uh, you know, as we saw against City. Contrast that with with a very strong defensive performance uh, against Arsenal. They're able to adapt to their opponents. It looks like, you know, so in fact, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to even just talk about just the Arsenal game in, in isolation. You know, I think you've got to look at it as a sort of a one-two punch that they pulled off winning against City 1-0, winning against Arsenal 1-0. The mm. City game, you know, I mean, they, they genuinely dominated them, you know, and it's not as if, um, you know, I, I think City defended really well in that game you know i i think across almost the entire back four they they did really well you, you know they they didn't really have a, a midfield deployed uh you know i mean we're talking like john stones and and uh, kanji if i remember right as as their central midfield for for city you know so so it's no wonder uh, that they that they struggled there but but you know so thank goodness for a, a very solid uh, defensive uh, performance from their from their center back pairing especially you know so it's you know it's not as if Arsenal came up against a team that that were collapsing. Sorry, a Villa. We're not coming up against a team that were collapsing. They just they just genuinely played phenomenally. They uh, and and you know there, I think there are a lot of comparisons to the the other interesting midweek result. Obviously, the Man United versus Chelsea result. There, there was a similar doggedness out of possession. You know, winning a lot of high turnovers. Um, you know, they're sort of very effectively uh, sort of 
switching to like a man-to-man aggressive press against City and just not allowing them time on the ball, you know. And and so it's mm-hmm. unusual to see City looking hurried like that. And and they absolutely hurried them. So City struggled to get out of their half at all, you know. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was crazy to see, even though they had a lot of the possession. You know, I mean, I think if you look at the stats, City had 50-odd percent, you know. I mean, they still had the more possession, but they were just utterly incapable of doing anything uh, with it. And, and you know, Villa you know, had them really pinned back for significant periods and and then also very intelligently used the possession they did have. You know, they were raining shots down on on City. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, and whereas City, you know, yes, they had two early chances again that Haaland spurned. That seems to be a, a thing we've said a few times the last couple of weeks. Haaland. Kind of common trait, right? Yeah. Mm. No, exactly. So so that's, uh, you know, they, they just missed those early chances and, and then just, yeah, we're, we're kind of just not in the game for the rest of it, you know. So that that's... That's that game. Um, it's like Haaland is his, his inner Darwin Nunes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you suddenly, those Nunes versus Haaland uh, comparisons people were making at the start of last season that, that everyone eventually thought were hilarious, while well, now in a kind of weird and different way of becoming, of becoming valid again. Um, you know, but anyway, no, no doubt the boy will come right. But, um, but yeah, then suddenly we get to this Arsenal game, right? And, and I thought that in the first, whatever it was, six, seven minutes before they scored, it was going to be a repeat they were again all over arsenal kind of while arsenal were in possession um again very aggressive got but they got that early goal and seemed content then weirdly to just sit back and then mm. say to arsenal come at us and and that's a it's a hell of a bet to to bet against arsenal not scoring for 90 minutes effectively uh, which yeah. that yeah that really caught me by surprise well hats off to them um i think you know some some other sort of Notable results. I think uh, Brighton got held by Burnley, uh, one all. Um, then Sheffield took it to Brentford and they won one nil. Um, and then Wolves and Nottingham went and had a draw there at uh, the Molyneux Stadium. Um, so that was Saturday. Um, and then we went to Brighton, Sunday. right? Uh... Yeah, yeah, Brighton drew one all with with Burnley. Oh, yeah, so sorry, you did. Yeah, and I mean, so, you know. Pulling off the point there, actually, and and Brighton looking a little bit, uh, yeah, their the recent results have been very inconsistent. I suppose if I look had to look, it's actually Situated. draw, win, yeah. loss, win, draw. Yeah, it's it's kind of a bit all over the show for Brighton the last uh, last. Yeah, it, it reminds me of a certain club in Manchester that's red. Um, and then um, yeah, and then and then on Sunday, uh, some pretty interesting results. Um, obviously, you know, started off with. Um, you know, I think all, all the games, most of these games kicked off at the same time, um, 4 p.m. SA time, if I remember correctly. And then um, the late one, which was Spurs-Newcastle. So, um, you know, we had uh, Dyche Ball um, winning against Chelsea, 2-0, Everton. Fulham, which we did sort of touch on earlier, beating West Ham, 5-0. And then uh, Luton, um, obviously then, you know, later on in the game, getting taken out by, by Jack Relish. And and losing one two to to Man City, um, but I think you know sort of game of the Sunday um, was the Newcastle Spurs game, which um, everyone expected to be quite an exciting game to to sort of watch uh, where it was going to be toe for toe, blow for blow, um, you know, like it, it was going to be you know your India versus Australia equivalent of 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 the Cricket World Cup final. But 
um, it ended up being very one-sided. And, you know, sort of watching some of the halftime comments and, and sort of commentary from the pundits where I think one, one, one pundit was sort of trying to say, you know, these players are tired, you know, he's used the same sort of starting uh, 10 outfield players for the last three, four games, yada, yada, yada. And Tim Sherwood came out straight and said, listen here, that's not an excuse. Trust you me, that's not an excuse. Just saying these guys are tired is not an excuse. If they really wanted to win this game and they were actually playing for a win, they would be full of adrenaline and going for this. But it seems like they've checked out mentally. And that was what he was saying. It's like, this guy needs to go in and, and, and sort of have a chat with him. I think Eddie Howe was, was meant to have a chat with these guys. This is all Tim Sherwood is saying, no, I don't yeah. buy this whole time story. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't hold water. These guys train week in, week out. And they're professionals. They're actually meant to be able to actually take this and be playing. Remember they played last on, I think it was Thursday or something. And it was a Sunday evening game, um, half past six SA time, that they were now kicking off. So Tim Schuller was like, no, 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 no. This is, this is not, this is actually, that's not enough, it's not good enough excuse for me. Um, and it's not like any of those players were coming from injuries. So, you, you know, you try to manage their minutes and whatnot. These guys have been playing consistently for the last three, four, five games. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it, you have to yeah. wonder, uh, you know, if last season, I think we all understood why people were so fatigued. You know, you, you've crammed this World Cup in the middle of it and, and you know, you had almost yes. a full season of, of playing twice a week. Uh, you know, I think the guys have, you know, I mean, obviously the European football has kicked off again uh, now. You know, we've had a couple of rounds of Champions League games. Um, you know, so we have sort of been back at the, the two games a week a little more, but, but certainly I would you know, without having the stats in front of me to, to back it up, I would guess most uh, teams have played less games now than they did at the equivalent of time, or most players have played less games than the equivalent time last year. Um, you know, so, yeah, so maybe, you know, uh, but but that said, maybe it just, it builds up and it builds up, you know, they're all fatigued from last year still too, you know. Castle also had a couple of good cup runs, uh, you know, that <laughs> sound like a, Sound like a Man United fan now, don't I? <laughs> Justifying. Yeah, you sound like a Man United fan, and and you know what? I I, I literally said, you know, when Tim Sherwood was saying this, and I was saying this to, to, my, to my wife, and I was like, you know what? This guy's actually got has actually got a good point because it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. Yeah, I mean, he's probably got yeah. a, a squad a squad issue in terms of depth and all that stuff. Wilson and Longstaff were obviously back from 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 injury, and they were pretty. They, they were the the two subs that he actually called on first at about the 60th minute in, in that game. And um, they went on, didn't really have much of an impact, uh, even though Wilson's the one who gave the assist for that for the goal late, later on in the goal, that's the only consolation goal that they got. But, I mean, guys like Gordon, Joe Linton, they, they did look off the pace a bit. And I think it, it was just like one second. So, it, yeah, that, that sort of mental awareness and, and sort of, you know, wanting to be there. It's like they were on their heels instead of their toes. And and their reaction time to sort of anything, whether they want to press or whatever, it wasn't working. And Spurs were all over them. They were I all mean, over let me, Yeah, I mean, let me ask you about Spurs. So, well, I guess both of these teams haven't been on in great form coming into this, you know, even though they've mm. generally been all right this season. Um, you know, Spurs, somehow people, even though they've had, I think it was, four losses and a draw in their five games in the lead up to this, people have kind of given Ange Ball a, a pass just because you could still see 
the style of what they were doing, you know, and, and yeah. I think, you know, and I, and I do wonder if then I suppose what, you know, the, the obvious thing that has caused the, the swing in results possibly today is, is well, sorry, not today, yesterday is, I mean, everyone was back, you know, I mean, they, they could pick, you know, I mean, Son, Richarlison both starting for the first time in a while. Uh, I, I think Saar had been out for a while and, you know, so he started, yeah. yeah, he started, you know, so, yeah. so this, this, team looked a lot more like I, I guess what Ange's ideal lineup looks like you know so I mean I suppose that's maybe the, the obvious thing as to why they looked more now like you know at the start of the season when they were also you know setting the world alight this this kind of seems to be a you know the lads have come back from injury well and the performances have resumed you know yeah no no so look when Tim Sherwood was giving his, his analogy of these guys being tired he said he he actually pointed out son and he's like, look at this guy. Yeah, he does not stop running, and yeah, he keeps going. And fifty-fifty ball, he's there. You know, it's like running into space, he's there. Pressing, he's there. You know, running back, he's there. So it's like, why is it other individuals do not have that sort of mentality? Yes, you know, body's different in terms of fitness and all the other things that come with it, but. The mentality of the players needs to be questioned in, in, in a lot of these things nowadays because it, it, it's, it's as if, you know, they become lazy and, you know, they... So, but, but, I mean, are you telling me, I mean, is okay, so you're telling me this was Newcastle playing poorly and not Spurs playing well, or, or is it both? I don't know. I mean, I'm, no, no. So, so you, know, you I focus feel... a lot on Newcastle and how you've described the game, but... No, so so I, think, I think Newcastle didn't give up to my expect they, they they didn't play to my expectations right especially you know in in the level of agility and you know sort of pace and they, they were not the newcastle that beat us twice in a row not they, they're definitely not and and it was it was very telling that yes spurs wanted it more they, they were a lot hungrier they, they 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 were all over newcastle like i said and and Yes, Angeball thrived, and they actually came out and they did they did a good job. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even dis- disregard any of the work and and sort of effort that they put in. And and obviously the result says says it itself. You know, four one. Um, it should have been four nil. I mean, I think just one moment of of, of a lap, lapse in concentration made them concede that goal. But it's it's new. I'm I'm disappointed by the Newcastle performance. Let me just put it that way. I was, like I was saying, expecting a, a tighter game. You see the the four three that happened with Luton and Arsenal last week. That 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 is the sort of result I was expecting here. You know, where it's a goal fest and it's pound for pound. You know, you score one, we score one. You score one, we score one. Isak was walking. It's like he's not there. You know, it, it's it's yeah yeah. It it, it was it, literally Newcastle was giving me Man United vibes. I'm telling you now. <laughs> yeah, which I suppose we'll we'll be moving on to shortly. But um, wh- one thing that sort of sticks out about this performance, I guess, if I can say so, is is you know I've called Richarlison a bit of a goal dodger the last while or this season, perhaps. And you know, he suddenly comes back into the starting lineup, you know, contributes a couple of goals. I mean, walk me through that. Like, you know, how how did he? You know, why why has he suddenly found his scoring touch? No, so. <laughs> He he was in the right place at the right right moment, uh, 
you know, it's not going to take away anything from Son because obviously Son, Son was now playing, he started playing wide left and, and it was Jolison playing as in the nine role. So, and he obviously thrives in that role. So pressing, disrupting play, you know, giving the ball out to Son, Son running into space and then just making a through pass, done, you know, goal. Um, the other sort of goal that came in as assist from, who was it? I forgot now. But essentially it was being your typical goal poacher type type scenario. You know, you, you're in the right place at the right time. Um, you, you position yourself well enough to know that the ball's either going to rebound or it's going to come through this way and, and you're going to score a goal. And that's essentially what, what Richarlison did. He did well. Obviously. Yeah, I think it was Udogie, Udogie with the other goal. Well, the, the first yeah, Udogie scored the first goal, yes. Assist from Son. I think Son, the second goal yeah. uh, was Richarlison. Assist from Son, I think, as well. Third goal was... I think that was third goal was Richarlison's other goal. Yes. And I think Son with the penalty, yes. So, yeah, it, it's entertaining game um, from a footballing standpoint. But yeah, like I'm disappointed at at, at the at the result. Um, yes, four one, great 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 scoreline um, for Spurs in the in the sense of they deserved it. But Newcastle, yes, it's like yeah. But why why are you disappointed in the um, result? I mean, isn't it a great one for us? Uh, I think I was expecting a good football match, a, a, a good right. a good okay. match up, right? Yes, it was good football. I'm not going to take anything anything away from Spurs' performance. They 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 got there and and they performed and you know they got the result. And you know what? Brilliant. Son was on top. Udogi was on top. Pedro Porro was on top. Yeah, it it was it was a complete squad performance, and I, and I'll give them to that, including including Ange and 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 his coaching staff. They they did they did very very well. And I think there was the one goal, the one ball that. Pedro Porro put over um, and, and literally he just walks a few meters and the goal scored in a few seconds uh, off of his ball that goes across the, across the park. And his first, his first reaction is he runs back to Ange and he gives him a hug, basically telling you that Ange had given yeah. him an instruction on where to hit that ball at that very moment. And it worked. So, so it, 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 it's, it's, it's moments like that that then you know, make you wonder what's happening in Manchester when these guys are on the field, you know, because, yeah, I'm going to dive straight into to Manchester United now. Yeah, let's, fine. Yeah, let's, let, let's you know, can't, can't put it off any longer. Talk yeah, about like, I, I, I honestly don't know what's going on there. Going on there. Week in, week out, we, we, we're talking about the same thing. I think a lot of Media outlets have obviously now been talking about the manager specifically. I'm not yet on that bandwagon of, of calling him out and, and wanting his head, but there's certain things that you know need to be questioned in terms of what on earth some of these some of some of his decisions, um, and not not to, not to even start asking the question: Is he the right man for the job? Because Quite frankly, it's still a bit too early to be to be sort of posing that question. Um, but I think the the question I want to ask is, what on earth is going on in that bald head? Yeah, you know, I mean, it it comes back around to, I mean, he had so much to deal with in his time there already. That you know, not just him, the the crisis crises crises that the club is lurching through or from 
from one week to the next, from month to month, from year to year, and it just escalates and it just gets more absurd. It's dealing with Ronaldo's, it's dealing with Mason Greenwood situations. It it just never ends. I guess he must think to himself, I mean, if you're asking what's going on in his head, it's probably he's just every day going, what's next? What's the next player who's going to go on strike? What is the next media frenzy over something? What, you know, it just, I don't know. It, it, I mean, it would do my head in if you're just, you know, you're trying to do your job and there are so many uh, factors that I just don't feel like other clubs have had to deal with, at least not in the kind of volume that he's had to deal with. But, but yeah, it's, it's just, it must just be incredibly frustrating. Not, 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 not that I want to make this an excuse for Ten Hag, but I think the biggest, the biggest issue is the lack of decision with what's happening with the club. So obviously, there's a lot yeah, of uncertainty sure. weighing in on, you know, particularly when it comes to the sporting side of Manchester United. So obviously, Arnold is, is on his way out. That, that's already been made public, okay? The rest... Yeah, is- yeah we know there's some change, but what change? Yeah. So, yeah. so 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 he, he's on his way out, and I think he's on his way out at the end of this month. So so we know there's a new CEO coming in at the beginning of the new year. But what does that mean for the footballing side of, of Manchester United? And, and, and there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to that kind of stuff. Now, he's obviously in a job. He doesn't have a guarantee now because the guy that employed him is going. And or the guy that signs, signs his paycheck is going, right? And people like John Murto, they, they're not, they, I, don't, I don't see them being there after, you know, if it's Radcliffe or whoever it is that's, that's coming in and, and taking over. And, and yeah, you, you've got to imagine there's a, a clean there's, out. There's, there's, yeah. there's going to be a massive clean out, right? But now, so, so that, that, that level of uncertainty obviously can weigh down on someone. But then I'm going to take it on the other side, right? If there's a level of uncertainty at your place of employment based on a buyout, are you not going to work your socks off to ensure that you're safe at the very least so that you can make your own decision once, you know, they, they come in and they say, okay, cool. Right, Rubes, you, you're out. Um, Oh, no, no, listen, yeah, I've, I've just looked at the last three months or four months and you've been, you've been annihilating your targets and you've been hitting your KPIs and everywhere else in, within your KPIs is top-notch. You're safe. Are you not going to want to be that sort of person? No, sure. And if you, I mean, by, by analogy, right, when a new manager comes in, that's why we know new manager bounce is a thing, right? Because everybody's performing to keep their job effectively. Well, assuming they want to stay at the club, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you've got to think that this is the, the manager's version of trying to impress the manager, you know, um, would be in this period where, you know, there's change coming, you know, there's, I mean, by all rumors, uh, you know, Sir James Radcliffe is going to have, uh, you know, a, a disproportionate to his stake, uh, you know, it's going to be a higher degree of management control than his 25% or whatever investment would otherwise suggest. Yeah. And he's got to be the one going, well, I need to make myself unfireable, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, he's certainly, uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say he's, you know, he's not the favorite, you know, of managers to be, to be fired, but I think in, in a week's time, once we've faced 
Bayern Munich and Liverpool, he might be the favorite manager to get the sack. Uh, you know, that's entirely possible. Um, yeah, so it's it's certainly you know, uh, worrying times. Do, do you know what really scares me? I mean, it not really scares me. The last few managers that have been fired at United have been fired after an Anfield trip. Yeah, it seems to center. It always is. It's always around yeah. Anfield. Trips. Oli yeah. after Anfield. Mourinho after Anfield. Right. Ten Hag better catch a wake up if he wants to keep his job. This, this is. This and let's not forget the last trip to Anfield. Hey, was don't even. And holy. Don't even go there. So, so it's 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 it's, it's yeah. one of those things where you 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 start questioning. You know what what's going on with it? Like, okay. I I don't know. Maybe maybe you maybe you can explain it to me. Okay. So yeah, we 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 won against Chelsea in in, in the middle of the week last week. Um, yeah, two one, three points, great. Um, albeit you know we, we I, I'd like to say we we were playing against a a very unbalanced Chelsea or. A, a, yeah, I, I would call them an, also a very obliging Chelsea. I don't think you're going to have yeah. someone passing the ball to you yeah. that often. Yeah. Well, in I mean, the out, game outside of us, outside of us doing the passing ourselves. Because, outside of us, yeah, yes. That's <laughs> what we're well known for doing that, especially in the final third. And so, so we 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 went against Chelsea. You, you then are hosting Bournemouth on Saturday, and. Every single fan is expecting a win here. I'm I'm very doubtful there were, you know, a lot of fans who were expecting a draw or a loss for this game. But the selection, first and foremost, why on earth is Anthony Martial still playing? Why? Why is he still in the squad? Yeah, yeah. Well, I can understand why he's still in the squad. He hasn't he hasn't been bought, so it's a bit of a question. But he just adds. Numbers to the bench, and and that's pretty much it. But he, he doesn't deserve to be starting. Scott McTominay, I've got I've got questions. If if he's not scoring goals, what is he doing on the on the park? Because essentially, that's that. I I can, I'm almost sure that's that's what Baldy's thinking. You know, okay, maybe you know. But he's persisting with them, which is what, what I don't get. And I mean, yes, he has chipped in with some goals, but it's almost been like we need those goals. We need him to score those goals to make up for the goals that we're conceding because he's just nowhere in the middle of the park, right? And, and I mean, he, he can't carry the ball, can't pass the ball, can't shield the ball. Okay, he can kind of, with his physical presence, maybe slightly, somewhat disrupt the opponent. But he's not, you know, particularly good at uh, at, at marking. He's not particularly good positionally. He's not, uh, you know, he, he doesn't. He's not fast. He doesn't pick up loose balls. It's like. Like your entire skill set can't be arriving late in the box. Like that's just it's you know what's the point? There's a there's got to be dozens of players who can arrive late in the box, you know, as well as he had. I mean, heaven forbid I should mention Frank Lampard or something like that. But but who then are still well-rounded midfielders? Yeah, yeah. people yeah. who do a job, people who actually perform yeah. a midfield role. So it's it's I I'm keen actually. You know what? I, I don't even know what to say. So we get hammered by Bournemouth. Okay. Now, our club captain, Bruno Fernandes, right, who had a shocker of a game 
then gets a yellow. And I think he was asking for that yellow. And now he's... Yeah, I feel like he didn't want to play against yeah, Liverpool. <laughs> and, now, and now he's not available for selection against Liverpool because of suspension. What would you do if you yeah. were Eric Ten Hag this weekend in terms of selection? Look, you know, it's the kind of selection where I, against Liverpool, if you were purely picking on the, the absolute, what is going to get you the best result against Liverpool, I don't know that you necessarily actually pick Bruno. Uh, well, he's not, a, I, I, or at least not, a, he's not available. So let's yeah. talk about Bruno. He's not available. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but yeah. So, so in a, in an odd way, I think you're almost being forced to arrive at, at a a lineup that works probably better than it may otherwise. So maybe we get a surprise result for this. So yeah, I mean, like you're now having to to drop Bruno. Maybe this is the time to actually try Scott as a ten. The problem is, I also then don't know. I mean, he certainly doesn't have Bruno's creative ability at ten. But if you've got Scott at ten, you can then actually pack the midfield a little better uh, and then you're talking like my new and and Amrabat you know and, and I think then that starts to look like you, you're actually probably able to stifle Liverpool in the middle of the pitch like that and and I, as I say I mean I, I would call it that we, we've seen a, a, you know of late the last time you know not when they when they haven't put in good performances when Liverpool have put in poorer performances have been when you stifle the midfield and that actually starves the service from you know from your guys like Amo, Salah, and, and you know, Saba's lie has actually been really important. So if you can kind of, you know, diminish his impact through packing out the midfield with Manu Amrabat, maybe you have Scott um, kind of as a more disruptive force up top as the, of, in the middle. That's probably a way to, to look at it. I think you then probably have to start Hoyland up top, you know, and, and maybe it's time to give Marcus Rashford a go again. I, I think he's just such a premium player at playing on the break, you, you need somebody who, if you release a guy, you know, has is, is got high odds of, of punishing the team. If he gets one-on-one, -on -one, I think Rashford's that guy. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't even know. He did. I would love to not have to stick Anthony on the right, but maybe try Ganacho on the right or, or the other way around, Ganacho on the left, Rashford on the right, uh, up top. I think I'd probably do something like that. I think the back four picks itself as it currently is. And, uh, and yeah, that's probably what I'd look at. So that, that, that sounds right. So so obviously Bruno's not up for selection. You're going to keep Scott McTominay on in the yeah. starting 11. Bearing in mind that game in, game out, we get run down in that midfield with Scott McTominay. So the only reinforcement we're putting in there is Mainu. And Scott's still going to just run around doing nothing. Against a but it's okay to run around and do nothing as a ten, right? I mean, more so than when he's yeah. He's but I mean, you, you got you got you got you got you got to press from the front. Like if if you let like sure and sure. and whoever else is going to be partnering at, at the back there, I mean, probably Konati this this game against against United. If you let Konati and Van Dijk get the ball into a Sobosly and 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 McAllister or whoever else is going to be playing that midfield, Endo, um, you know, Jones or Elliot. If they get the ball into those guys with our sort of lack of defense, we're totally screwed because now the ball's going to get to, you know, your Salas and, and your, your um, Luis Diaz's and, and God forbid, Darwin Nunes scores a hat-trick against Man United. Like, it's, it's <laughs> no, but that's, that's, that's just our luck, you know, and, 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 and given our current form, it's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't really look, look, look promising at all. So it's, yeah. I don't even. I don't even. 
No, no, look, if, if I can, I mean, I guess to offer a counterpoint, right? So we saw two games midweek, and it was like really a very Jekyll and Hyde week from United, you know, because after that Chelsea performance, I mean, well, look, you know, I mean, it's, it, well, I, I called it, you know, at the time when we watched the game, I said it's it's the worst good performance I think I've possibly ever seen. But but the, the good of that performance was really, really good. You know, the 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 phenomenal work rate and and the intelligence with which we were able to to trap Chelsea in their half. Look, I, I don't know what Pochettino was think thinking, playing, you know, suicidally insisting on playing out of the back for 90 minutes when it's clearly not working. But but you know, I also think you know, I mean maybe Klopp will be stubborn too. You know, but if we can pull off that that kind of play, uh, you know, I mean, it's, we've certainly shown we are capable of doing it. We're capable of harassing a team. We're capable of getting those high turnovers and and actually creating shots and chances out of it. Um, you know, you do then obviously still have to question. And I think this is something you then saw in in the the other game. You know, the, the Bournemouth game. Up until the second goal went in, I I would have said we were playing pretty well. And what I would say we're playing quite well at was being able to move the ball. I mean, we had no problem beating their press, put it that way. Bournemouth were unusually uh, aggressive in their press, more so than they, they are. But we were consistently playing through it um, and getting into their final third. But Bournemouth were very effectively reorganizing their defensive shape, you know, dropping into a back. So, you know, they, they were incredibly good at, at that, even after we'd gotten into their third. And that's why we were struggling with this whole issue of um you know sort of actually getting shots on target despite having a lot of the ball despite having a lot of touches in their box i think we had 40 odd touches in their box and could barely fashion a shot out of that i mean if you look at the stats the stats will say we had 20 shots at goal not on target but at goal but i mean i would hazard i guess 15 of those were just blocked shots <laughs> where it barely moves you know a meter away from the guy's place so i mean you know there, there are these things that, that, that we were good at. I don't know if Liverpool would be as effective, funny enough, at the back at organizing their shape as, as Bournemouth were uh, on, on that day. You know, you do have to credit Bournemouth, uh, I think, with that. But if, if you're going to be Liverpool, if you're going to have a guy like Trent, who you know defensively is is vulnerable, uh, you know, we know Liverpool led in goals even with guys like Van Dijk at the back. Um, as I say, if, if we put in... Some elements of the performance at Bournemouth, as I say, being able to play out of the back very easily. A lot of the elements of the performance of Chelsea, uh, maybe, yeah, but maybe we, we, we don't have any goal scorers. So, so Lanky is on fire. He's scoring goals, right? Um, so so you, you, yeah. you know you put a ball into the box, you're gonna there's something that's gonna happen. He's gonna cause a few problems. Um, we've got yeah. Martial yeah. and and Hoyland, and that's 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 really not. There's no credibility there at the moment, unfortunately. So, can, can I ask you something as a, as a as a patriotic South African slide? Maybe this is you know a spicy yeah. issue for the week, right? We know who the shooting or slash attacking coach is at, at you know yeah. Benny McCarthy. We love him. We were so excited that he was appointed. He was credited, quote unquote, if I can call it that, with Rashford's improvement last season. But but the truth is, last season. Everyone barring Rashford underperformed XG. This season, everyone barring Scott has underperformed XG. Is it a coaching issue? I, I say it as, think as, I say, as, as a, a whole, there's a coaching issue at Man United. Um, and I'm going to say it. 
and and there's a serious coaching issue whether it's a it's a lack of application from what's being coached or it's a lack of imparting the coaching badges and knowledge onto the players that's now up for debate but there definitely is a clear coaching problem issue slash issue at man united only time will tell and and i think we've got we've got Bayern tomorrow evening um in the champions league um personally i don't even want to win that game um i don't even want to sniff of the top three in that group um i want out of european football so we can focus on weekend football and yeah to eric ten Hag, i really hope for your sake you actually come out all guns blazing this weekend um against liverpool because there's a bad omen at anfield there um for managers who underperform and you could be out of a job come monday you do not come back with a result yeah, we could be uh, recording our next podcast with an interim manager. Yeah, or a new manager. Um, Radcliffe will probably be announced as soon as possible, I'm telling you now. It might have just happened just after the Anfield game. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's let's hope Radcliffe isn't appointed as the manager. <laughs> cool. And then on that note, on that somber note, I think uh, we'll call it. We'll catch you guys uh, next week um, when we review the... Anfield game and, and everything else that happens over the coming weekend and the Champions League this week from all of us here at the United Bias. Do follow us on the socials at the United Bias on all social media platforms. And yeah, we'll catch you next week. Cheers. Have a good one.